Thank you, uh, boys, for reading that and leading us in that uh, passage of Scripture. Uh, We've been going through some of the I am statements in in the book of John that Jesus makes. And uh, the first week we looked and we saw that Jesus makes the statement that I am the resurrection and the life. Last week we got into an understanding that Jesus is the good shepherd and we are the sheep. And today we're going to look and I invite you to turn to John chapter 8. Uh, we're going to look at a specific one uh, that he makes in, in verse 12, but as we start, let me make a, a basic fact statement, and that is that light shining into an area exposes everything about that area. Light shining into darkness overcomes darkness. It, it's a simple but profound area, uh, idea. Uh, And throughout Scripture, we see light is contrasted with darkness. In the beginning, God spoke and said, let let there be light. And He separated the darkness from the light, the day from the night. Throughout Scripture, God is referenced as light. And our spiritual enemy, Satan, is called the prince of darkness. There's this stark contrast between darkness and light. And so, Here, when Jesus makes this bold statement, it stands out in the midst of the moment. And he declares, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Now, if you've grown up in the church or anywhere around the church, you've likely heard this statement. But but I'd venture to say that many wouldn't know the context of the statement, unless they're reading it right then and there. And it's, it's right after one of the most grace-filled stories in the Bible, known as the woman caught in adultery. It literally takes place right after the Feast of Tabernacles, and Jesus would have been found in the court of women, where they just had this big lighting ceremony during the feast, where they would have lit this great golden candlesticks during the feast and there would have been this great celebration. And so Jesus would have been able to point to this fact as He makes this statement. And so as we look at John chapter 8, I want to break it down this morning into three parts that make it easier to digest and kind of pull it all together. We're going to look at the law, the love, and the light. Kind of sounds like a really bad soap opera name, but we're going to go with it anyway. Uh, But we're going to start with the law. The law's purpose is simple. It's to reveal our guilt. We we look at it in in verse 2 of chapter 8. It says, As Jesus appeared again in the temple courts, where all the people gathered around Him, He sat down to teach them. And the teachers of the law and the Pharisees brought a woman caught in adultery. They made her stand before the group and said to Jesus, Teacher, this woman was caught in the act of adultery. Now, somehow these very self-righteous, legalistic, religious leaders caught this couple in the act and they evidently have burst in, dragged this woman out, And we notice that the guy isn't there. He's, for some reason, absent within it. uh, Nowhere to be found. But they drag this woman, guilty, into the crowd. 
and they humiliate her beyond description. And without a shadow of a doubt, I can tell you that this is probably one of the most uh, darkest, most shame-filled, guilt-ridden moments in her life as they ask Jesus in verse 5, in the law of Moses, commanded us to stone such a woman. Now what do you say, Jesus? Now it's true what they were saying. In the law of Moses, if you got caught in adultery, you would have been dragged outside the city, outside the area that they were gathered, and they would have taken stones and punished you by throwing stones until you were dead. But they didn't really care about that because in verse 6 we see very plainly it says that their purpose wasn't to admonish this woman. It wasn't to find guilt in this woman. Their purpose was to trap Jesus. Because if he had said, yeah, go ahead and stone her, then he loses part of his reputation of love as he's encountered. But if he says, no, let's let her off this one time, then he's saying it's okay to break the law of Moses. Now in all this, we can't miss the point that the law reveals the guilt. Because if we live in a world today where people don't like to admit guilt, we don't do it. We, we, all we want to declare is, well, I'm a good person. Have you seen what they do? I'm not that bad. And, and by the way, who are you to judge me? And yet we understand as, as we look in the eyes of a holy God that without Christ, we all share and stand guilty as charged. The reason that this is important for us this morning is because until we see ourselves as sinners, we won't see a need for a Savior. The law reveals our guilt. But the good news is that it doesn't stop with the law. Because while the, the law reveals that guilt, the love reveals God's grace. And we see it throughout verse, in verse 6. It says that Jesus, who was sitting there, remember they, they just brought her, they asked this question, and he bends down and starts to write on the ground with his finger. And they're like, Jesus, do we stone her or not? Give us an answer. And he doesn't answer in the way that we expect or they expect. Instead, he starts writing this, and we don't know what he says. We don't know what he writes. It's, it's presumed that he probably wrote down the sins of some of the men that were there, and he starts pointing out things, and maybe looks up at them and starts writing something, looks over here and goes, you, you watching? And he starts to write here. I, I don't know. That's, but we honestly don't know. But in verse 7, it says this, when they kept on questioning him, he straightened up, said to them, let any one of you who was without sin cast the first stone. If any of you have never sinned, if any of you are absolutely perfect, you can pick up that rock and start throwing. Jesus isn't focusing on the outward behavior at this point. He's more focused on the inward heart. Not just of this woman, but especially of these men. 
these judgmental, arrogant men have, have the same problem that all of us have at one point or another, that it's incredibly easy to see the faults in others. It's incredibly easy to point out the sin in those around us, and we overlook our own. It's so easy to pick other people apart. And then in verse 8, it says, He stooped down again and wrote on the ground, And at that moment, those who heard began to go away one at a time, the older ones first, until only Jesus was left with this woman still standing there. And so here is Jesus, this woman that's been caught in adultery, this broken, humiliated woman. And in verse 10, it says, Jesus straightened up and asked her, Woman, where are they? Is there no one here to condemn you? And this broken and shamed woman in the darkest moment of her life says, no one, sir. Now, we can't miss this. You look at the next statement of Jesus. It's the statement of grace where Jesus looks at this broken woman and and speaks these love-laced words to her. Then neither do I condemn you. Now, everywhere we go, we encounter people with a little bit of shame. We, we encounter people that are dealing with anger and agony and darkness over what they did or who they think they are and what people have told them that they are. And yet, if you are in Christ, you need to understand, you need to fully grasp that there is no condemnation for those who are in Christ Jesus. His grace changes everything. In Christ, you are not what you did. You are not who they say you are. You are who God says you are. Now don't get me wrong. There is an accuser. His name is Satan. He's going to hurl insult. He's going to hurl accusations against you. And it's, it, it's that voice that says, after what you did, God could never love you. Oh, you blew it again big time. It's over now. Your life will never be good again. And that's the voice of the accuser. That's not the voice of the Savior. The voice of the Savior says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness. Because whenever the accuser accuses you of your past, your job and my job is to remember who we are in light of the cross. Darkness never defeats light. Now, was she guilty? Yes. In view of the law, she did, did she deserve punishment? Yes. She deserved it, but He didn't give it. Because of His love, the grace was revealed. We're all guilty in the eyes of a holy God. We, we can't miss that. Because until we see ourselves as sinners, will not see the need for a Savior because while the law reveals our guilt, God's love reveals His grace and He declares, neither do I condemn you. But it doesn't end there. And we can't miss this. He doesn't say, okay, now now that you're forgiven, go and just try to be better. Do your best not to do it again. He he doesn't say that. He doesn't say, now since I'm Jesus, I understand your past and I know that you've got issues. And your whole life you've been looking for love in all the wrong places. It sounds like a country song. 
And, and so, so I, don't, I, I know that you probably aren't going to deal you know, really well with this and you may end up here again, but, but just do your best. Jesus doesn't say that. He doesn't excuse it away. He doesn't do that with our own darkness. What He does is the same thing that I believe He does with us. He looks at her in verse 11 and declares, Go now and leave your life of sin. I'm not going to condemn you, but you don't go back the way you've been living. You, you, you live differently. There's urgency here. You don't have to live in the darkness anymore. Go now. Live differently. I believe that that same voice that, that spoke to her speaks to us and says, go now. Be free. Stop being slaves to sin. You don't have to be locked in a dark world. You don't have to do those things. Go now. Walk out of the darkness into the light. There's a sense of urgency even now. Somebody today, I, I honestly believe this, somebody today needs to hear that they can be free. That they don't have to be bound by sin. They don't have to be bound by fear. That they can be healed. And that they can be changed because light always overtakes darkness. The law reveals our guilt. But the love reveals God's grace. And the third thing is that the light reveals our hope. It exposes the hope. In verse 11, when Jesus says, go now and leave your life of sin, He's not being preachy. He, he's encouraging you. He's saying, you don't have to live this way. You don't have to live in the darkness. You can be different. You don't have to have that hurt all the time anymore. You don't have to live in the shame that you've been living in. You don't have to live in the self-condemnation and the self-hatred of your own bad decisions over and over again. You can live differently. Because I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness because they have the light of life. When Jesus looks at her and He says, neither do I condemn you, He's actually becoming not just the light to the world, but specifically the light to her life. In the same way, in the grace and in the presence of our good God who, who loves us more than we could ever know. He, he, is, he, he is the life and the resurrection. He is the good shepherd. But he, at this moment, He's not just the light to the world. He is our light to our world. And he when He becomes the light to your world, everything changes because darkness never defeats light. It becomes personal. It's not just about a, a God that's out there watching what's going on. He becomes your God in the here and now. And He's your personal light. And when you know that, when you receive the freedom from all those condemning, condemning voices that are on the outside of the world telling you that you can't and you won't and you never will, they are silenced in the presence of a God who says, go and live differently. That I declare grace. That I declare peace in your life. 
and I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness again. You see, the, the law, it reveals our guilt. We're incredibly guilty. Until we see ourselves as sinners, we don't see the need for the Savior. But His love reveals God's grace. It speaks that love and, and grace and mercy into our life. And His light reveals our hope. And no matter how dark your world seems right now, no matter how broken it is around us, He is the light. And in a moment of time, His light can illuminate your darkness. His grace can forgive your sins. His presence can bring healing into your shame. And you're never the same again. Because when the light of the world becomes the light of your world, and you follow Him, you never have to go back. You never have to walk in darkness again. Our Savior is that good. He is the light of the world. And you will never have to deal with that shame again because He's cast it away. In the blood of Christ, you can be free. Are you living into it? Do you believe it? Have you made it personal? Not just some church thing that happens on Sunday, but have you made it personal in your life each and every day? We're living in the midst of a time where darkness seems to be prevailing. But remember, His light pierces all darkness. It pierces all the chaos and brings unity. It exposes darkness for what it is. And as believers, we carry that light. We let His light shine through us into the world around us. So church, be bearers of light. Be bearers and evidence of God's light into your life as you go in each and every day. As you encounter people and you see the, the tension in our world, the, the hatred, the political divide, the racial divide, all those different things, speak peace. Be evidence of God's light in this dark day. Because it won't be dark always because Jesus is coming again. He's going to claim this world unto his own. And we can have peace knowing that He is all things that we need. Would you pray with me? Heavenly Father, we preach, we speak, we claim, and we cling to the light that You bear. The light that You bring into our life. That we do not have to be fearful of the darkness. Because light, your light always overcomes darkness. God, as your church, help us to be bearers of that light. Help us to reflect your light that, that changes everything. God, we seek you today. We seek your presence. Not just for today as, as Sunday, but God, that you would charge us up and send us out that we would help share your message each and every day, each and every moment. That everything changes when we encounter you. In your name we pray. Amen. Just a reminder, uh, we'll have a kids parade. We invite you to, to gather in your cars. Come.
uh, Pastor Deidre and, and the children's ministry and us have, have things to give to you and enjoy. Uh, teens, don't forget tonight, uh, 6 o'clock and for worship time and, and a great time together. And we'll look forward to seeing you next week. Thanks.